Today's episode of the Get Paid for Your Pad podcast is brought to you by Hostfully, the market leader in digital guidebooks for short-term rental hosts. With Hostfully, you can create a beautiful online guidebook that you can send to your guests so they have a better experience and you get fewer questions. Sign up now at hostfully.com to get two months for free by using code PAD. That's P-A-D. Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your pad. Welcome to episode number 427 of Get Paid for Your Pad. We are your hosts, Jasper Rivers and Mr. Eric Muller. And today we are going to give you guys an update on FreeWild. Challenges, wins, what's working, what's not working. So what's up, Eric? What's up, Jasper? How's it going? Doing good, man. I'm excited to uh, give the update, chat about uh, Free Wild, the wins, the challenges, the whole thing. It's uh, It's been a uh, crazy learning lesson over the last, what's it been, six weeks? It's been uh, pretty much two months to date since we purchased okay. it. Yeah. So, yeah, two months. Surprisingly, we haven't had any major issues. Like we've had some challenges that showed up, but nothing that has really uh I don't know. This project's been pretty simple for us to run. I don't know about I don't know about you. Yeah. No, I'd say the same overall. Uh you know, I was thinking about our wins and our challenges, and uh I, I wrote down a lot of wins, but I could only really come up with the major challenge that we have, which comes down to the construction and uh, the renovations and stuff. But as far as like running the actual units, the four cabins, it's, yeah, it's been a pretty smooth experience. Yeah. Yeah, So let's give, let's give everybody a quick recap in case, you know, we have some, some new listeners on here. Somebody's, you know, kind of missed what we're working on here. About two months ago, we purchased uh, a property in Idlewild, California. Well, we bought three properties. We bought one property that has four cabins on it uh, and then two vacant lots that kind of surround the property with the four cabins. And the vision is um, to build anywhere between 12, 10 and 15 additional cabins on the vacant lot and then launch our new brand, uh, hospitality brand called Free Wild. So it's been, uh, you know, we, we've broken we've broken it up over a couple of different phases, right? Uh, and phase one was like just taking over the existing business, getting new listings set up, understanding the property, get you know, start building our profiles on Airbnb, all that other stuff, and then start moving into the early development stages. So it's kind of crazy how fast this property has been moving for us. Like we've had no real challenges from the funding to the acquisition, the takeover. This property popped up. We put an offer on it. They accepted it. We brought that offer to an investor. He accepted it, lent us the money. And then less than a month later or a month later, we bought this property. Really, holy crap, this is crazy. So yeah, there's a couple of things that's that's happening, right? Like we're taking over the business. We're running the hospitality side, which is 
you know, luckily we have all the systems and we had everything. So being able to onboard four properties, two cleaners, direct bookings, all that stuff, we were able to do that pretty seamlessly, right? Like, I don't, I don't think we had any issues with that. And then how many, you know, well, so let's talk about that first, like the bookings and what we're taking on there. And then we'll get into the challenges of the construction side. You know, my background's in construction and development. So I, I know the process that we're going into. However, because of COVID and because we're in California, there's just major, major backups with the local government to get these approvals that we want to do. So we'll we'll update everybody on like the challenges there and how we're overcoming those challenges and the phases. But let's go into quickly like the experience. I would love to talk about like the bookings of this property, what what we're experiencing on the hospitality side and how like our skill set of short-term rentals have really um, brought a lot of value with this takeover. So what's your experience been? Because you've been the main, you know, contact and point for the hospitality side. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, first of all, I would say it's really interesting to learn about our guest avatar, right? Because I've never been to Idlewild, right? I've never mm-hmm. seen these units. So I'm kind of running them based on, you know, based on the information that we have and everything. Uh, and you've been up there a couple of times. So, but what, what's most interesting to me, like I didn't really know what to expect when it comes of like, who are those people visiting this area, right? There's a lot of learning lessons there. What I'm noticing is number one, there's a lot of people, a lot of people who have no Airbnb experience. So a lot of uh, new Airbnb users, that was kind of surprising to me because I was, you know, I was thought of uh, traditional vacation rental markets as, you know, there's there's people that go there every year and they're kind of return guests and stuff. So I wasn't expecting such a big influx of uh, new Airbnb users. Also, the people are a lot younger than I thought. I don't know, like I guess that that's just the the perception that I had of like traditional vacation rental markets that it attracts like more of a you know, more of, a, of an older guest avatar. Oh, sure, um, and, sure. you know, I think that probably changed partly because of uh, COVID, you know, and like we've talked about this before, how people that used to travel internationally were now kind of rediscovering, you know, their nearby destinations. So that's that's number one is uh, is that guest avatar. Yeah, I mean, I think you kind of clarified it. We talked about this on the, mass, uh, on the podcast quite a bit is... Um, yeah, I mean the market that we chose and the reason why I'm going all in, why I believe we should go all in on this market of Idlewild and these secondary markets that are just a couple hour drive from the major cities is people in cities want to get out. They want nature, they want to breathe, right? So it's like we're located 2 hour, a 2 hour drive from San Diego, a 2 hour drive from LA. And then, you know, you have Orange County in the center of that. So there's a ton of young people who just want to get out and hit the mountains. So yeah. Plus also, I think the way that we're starting to market these properties for, for the listeners too, like we, when we took over the property, the previous owner deleted the account, the listings, which we were supposed to, part of our agreement was that we were taking over those listings because we bought the whole business and her listings were under the business name. It wasn't under her personal name. So the goal was to take over those listings, but she 
for whatever reason, deleted them the day that we bought the property. So we had to go ahead and rebuild all the listings, right? So we were working off of her photos that she had and her descriptions, all of that. But now we're starting to tweak the photos. We're starting to tweak the descriptions, all of that. And I think by doing that, we're starting to attract a lot more younger crowds there. Plus we're exclusively only booking on Airbnb, right? As of now. So let's talk about that. Cause you know, yesterday you talked about that. I'm like, Hey, you know, should we really start pushing the direct booking? Should we get on other channels? And then your response was, no, let's, let's stick to Airbnb for right now. Why, why do you, why do you say that? What's your philosophy by just sticking to Airbnb through this phase? Yeah, for sure. So, you know, it's interesting because when we, when we found out that we weren't going to be able to take over these Airbnb listings, that seemed like to us, Initially, we thought of that as a challenge, right? It's like, oh, now we have to create these new listings. We have no reviews. It was interesting to see how quickly we were getting bookings, though, with these completely new listings. Um, and I think it helps that, you know, you and I are both on, it's your account, but I'm a co-host on it. And we both have a ton of reviews. So mm-hmm. I think people that look at our profiles, they can see like, hey, okay, this is a new listing. But, you know, the people that are hosting have a lot of experience I mean, your Airbnb account is like six, seven years old. I think mine is like over over a decade. So I think that builds. Uh, that's that's one of the learning lessons. Is like it's not just the amount of reviews that you have. It's also your profile, right? That you can use to to build a reputation and build trust. So that's number one. But when it comes to when it comes to the the listings, like it's my my belief that. You, it, there's a big difference between having one or two reviews and having like 10 or more. It's just a psychological thing where it's like more than 10 just seems like a, it seems like a lot. So I just think before we book anywhere else, we have to dominate um, the Airbnb marketplace because that's our, that's the biggest marketplace, right? That's the biggest channel, our biggest marketing channel right now. So yeah, I think in the future, we want to focus more on building a, a the the stream of direct bookings, but yep. we first have to get our Airbnb listings to a place where we were where we're in like the top percent, top ten percent of Airbnb listings in our market. And in order to do so, we gotta, in my opinion, we gotta have at least like ten reviews first before yeah. we, uh, yeah, before we use other channels. Yeah, so so really, we're looking for forty bookings because that's ten reviews per property, right? So mm-hmm. it's like, and that's something that we're recognizing too. Like, there's one property, the barn, out of the four units. We so for everyone who's following along, the four listings, the four cabins that we purchased, they have the previous owner developed a theme in the villages, uh, in the village, and it's uh, one we have a schoolhouse, two we have a mill house, three is uh, they call it the daydreamers den, and then four is the barn. The barn seems to be the biggest challenge to book right now. I mean, admittedly, it's not the most attractive property, right? It looks, it's brown, it's right on the street. There's no real street occur, uh, curb appeal. The inside is very boxy. The previous owner just filled it with beds and couches. There's no design. There's, it's kind of, it's kind of rough to be in there. It's not as attractive as the other units, right? So our one bedroom, which one's booking the most? Is it the den, the studio? Yeah, the den is definitely the most popular one. Yeah, which is really interesting because I thought I, I thought the schoolhouse would be the most popular because it's the most themed, but it's kind of 
it needs some support there. But so my whole point to kind of wrap this up is, um, you know, we're recognizing that one unit is not renting as much. So we're going to be putting a lot of effort into the redesign. We're going to be kind of rebuilding that property and then slowly redesigning the units interior wise, and then bringing in photographers and designers to create a experience, a new updated experience in those properties. And I think as soon as we do that on Airbnb, they're going to quickly shoot to number one on Airbnb uh, in that marketplace. Right now, three of our units are on page two of Idlewild. If you search that area, mm-hmm. the barn can't find it. I don't know where it is. So there, there's some work there to, to kind of work on that to get to the top of the search results. And I think the only way we're going to do that is through positive reviews, as we all know. But two is really stepping in there, redesigning interior-wise. Like I'm going up there this week. I'm working on the schoolhouse first to really kind of create a really cool, updated experience in the schoolhouse. And then we're going to start working on the barn, that whole thing. So, yeah, it's been, it's been an interesting process. I think a couple other learning lessons that that we have here, and this is something that we've been talking about quite a bit, is like the new opportunity. We did a whole podcast on this. I, I don't know if you remember the number, but we did a whole podcast on like the the future of short-term rentals and going through this process of buying an old vacation rental community. And now what we're doing is we're converting it to a new modern short-term rental experience. I think that is the biggest opportunity that we can find right now. And I think that's that's equal to like single family homes or communities, whatever, you know, whatever you get into. But I think by finding these old vacation rental properties in these markets where we have these new Airbnb travelers going to and upgrading them to the new modern short-term rental experience, I think if you have the ability to buy those properties, your equity is going to shoot through the roof, but two, your cash flow is going to go through the roof, right? So where are we at right now as far as like the revenue the past owners had it? Like yeah. what does that increase? What does that look like? Yeah. So this this month, November, um, like October, we we were kind of we were blocking out a lot of the places for uh, you know, to to get to know the, the property and everything. So the October month, I think our gross was like eleven and a half thousand. Um, that's because uh that's because a lot of the time we had it blocked. November is kind of like the real, the first real month where we're uh, most of the cabins being open for bookings for the, for most of the month. We're just above twenty thousand in in November, and my understanding is that October and November are it's the low season in in Idaho, and you probably know more more about that. But I'm seeing in December and in January, I'm seeing I'm seeing bookings that are at higher prices. Yeah. So like, where do you think that is compared to when we took it over the previous owners, as far as like an increase, if you had to put it, you know, like, are we matching what the previous owners were marketing this property at? Have we increased the ADR a bit based on what the previous owner was doing? I would say we've definitely increased it um, a bit. Uh, it's a little di- difficult to say because the 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 numbers that we had from the previous owners, we only saw income January through June, so those are those are months that we we haven't gone through yet, right? So I'm not 100 sure what the seasonality is on that, but from what I can see now, I would say, you know, if we continue, given the fact that we j- we had to start with new listings and everything, I would say we're going to be about 
at least 10 to 20% uh, higher going forward. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And that's without the renovations or anything, right? That's just with, uh, with the same units. Her- yeah. And that's where I was going with this for like, for the listeners that are looking at like, Hey, how can I take over? And this is like even good for property managers that are just taking over existing short-term rentals. Like we came in with a fresh set of eyes and like, we were able to upgrade the marketing a bit on Airbnb. We installed some new technology, really focused on the experience. We didn't change anything on the, the interior. We moved a lot of the photos around and we got photos off of those, the listings that look cluttered, didn't really bring any value, didn't bring any uh, experience to it. Right. So like if you go through the listings uh, from when we bought it to what it looks like now, it's probably half the photos that the previous owner had. And as you're on there, we told the story for the guest as they're clicking through and it's really bringing in an emotion. And uh, actually, Samantha said this to me. She was looking at the listing of the schoolhouse and she's like, this picture brings no value to the experience for us. She's mm-hmm. like, so why do you have it up here? I'm like, oh, well, that's a, that's a really good point as you're looking at the marketing side tell the story, every photo needs to bring value of the experience. Um, just by doing that, we increased our ADR 10 to 20%, right? Which is crazy. So now once we start getting into the design, once we launch the new brand, because like this right now, the brand is Strawberry Creek Village, right? It is what it is, but that's not really attracting the, the traveler that we're going after, right? But once we launch the actual brand of Free Wild and recreate that experience up there with the marketing, I don't see why we won't be able to, one, be at the top of the search engine when it comes to Idlewild properties. Two, is why we can't increase the prices 30 to 40% based on what we purchased it at. And it uh, doesn't take a lot. Now, this is where, this is the challenge that we're running into, right? The hospitality side is one thing. This is where, where we really thrive and that's where we can, it was so easy for us to just jump in there and take that over so fast because we have the skill set of running world-class short-term rentals. We have the systems, we have the tech, all that stuff. Now, going into the development side, that's our biggest challenge. We just got noticed that it's going to, through the permitting, through the, special use permits that we have to get, the drawing approvals, uh, the backup of the county, all this other stuff that's happening right now. It's going to take an additional, probably a year, an additional 12 months from what we were estimating when we bought this property from the limited information that we got from the, you know, like when you dive into the, what you run into as an investor, especially in this process is like, you're beating the clock of finding a really good opportunity on on the market right now and matching that opportunity to the opportunity of the cash and the funding that you have, uh, the opportunity of like putting an offer in and getting that property purchased and then having to buy it within a certain amount of you know uh, time period and all the stuff that comes along with that. And then also getting the information that you need to make a decision on what you are doing on that property long-term. We have a big vision here. We want to add 10 to 15 additional cabins to our property, right? We got limited information because we had such a short period of time to buy this property and all of this. So we had a ballpark of what we can do up there. We knew that what we want to do, the county would be okay with. 
the person that we spoke to kind of gave us a rough estimate of the time for approval, stuff like that. But once we bought the property, we hired the people that we needed to hire to go in and talk to the county. They came back and said, well, realistically, based on what you're presenting to us, it's going to take an additional six to 12 months to go through the approval process. So we're like, oh crap, like this is, we wanted to get this thing done immediately, right? Like six, I was estimating six months of approvals and then starting to break ground in six months. We're looking at not breaking ground for another 12, right? Mm -hmm. Which is crazy for us. We're looking at all the different options. Well, can we just roll in tiny houses on wheels? Same process. We got to go through the same thing. So we might as well do what we want to do and build these properties. So this is what I wanted to share is like, one is like when that came up, we immediately went to, okay, well, obviously we got to start that process fast as possible, but what else do we do? Cause we want to build this brand. We have the opportunity of the investors around us. We have really awesome potential team members that we can bring into this company. What do we do? How do we solve this problem? We can't change anything when it comes to the county and the approval process. We can expedite some stuff, hire some attorneys, throw some money at it, but it's not going to, we're not going to magically skip ahead of all the permits and approvals that are on the county's desk right now is what it is. They're understaffed, that whole thing. So our process is breaking this up into phases really. Okay. Well, we have a handful of investors that are excited about this brand that want, want to invest in us and we want to scale equally. We're also building overnight success at a fast rate. Right, we're scaling overnight success. This is the first time in a long time since we started that we're growing at this level. So, we're hiring, you know, and expanding our team and our client base and overnight success while we're also trying to launch Free Wild. So, this is how we approach this. I just want to kind of go deeper into this so people understand the psychology of this. And, you know, if someone sees another opportunity here, I would love to hear it as well. But essentially, the way that we're approaching this is like, okay, we need to hire. A project manager. We need to bring somebody in whose main focus is leading the construction side, doing the paperwork, that whole aspect, equally helping us find our next project. And what we recognize is by buying this property that had those four units on it, we immediately had income of 20K coming in. You know, on average, we're going to have about 20K a month coming in on those four units, right? This is roughly where we're going to be. I mean, that was November. I'm, I'm expecting more like 25, 30 going forward. 25, 30 going forward yeah. on those four properties. That gives us the ability to hire somebody in this business to help us build what we actually want to build. So our model has shifted from trying to buy vacant land and developing all this out to acquiring existing short-term rental, existing vacation rental communities that have multiple dwellings on the land to where we can go in and renovate what's there, like what we're doing with those four units now, and then long-term getting approvals for additional dwelling units, right? So we're using the income on those four units to hire a high-level employee who has the experience of project management, team leadership, understands the model, understands the vision, tied into the brand, the whole thing, who we then will bring in to manage the construction process and then help us find our next project in 2022. 
due to COVID, it's now more important than ever that your guests actually read your house rules and check-in instructions. And there's no better way to deliver that information than by using an online hostfully guidebook. You can build your guidebook in just a few hours and simply include a link to your guidebook in your welcome email. Your guests can access it on desktop, on mobile, and they can even print it out. Now, as a result, you look super professional. Your guests have a better experience as they don't have to read through endless paragraphs of text. Instead, they can go through a nice looking guidebook with lots of visuals. That means fewer questions for you, more time for you to focus on other areas of your hosting business. Sign up now at hostfully.com and use code PAD to get your first two months for free. That's hostfully.com, H-O-S-T-F-U-L-L-Y.com, code PAD, which is P-A-D. Anything to add to that as far as that process of like the challenge we ran into and then how we, how we approached it? Yeah, I think it's I think it's good to go back uh, a little bit uh, before because before we bought this property, we did uh, what I call a scenario analysis, right? Where we said like, okay, well, what do the numbers look like if we can't build anything? If we just have to run with the four current units, right? Those numbers were already looking pretty good, so we already knew like even if we're, for whatever reason we're not allowed to build. We can still make some money for ourselves and pay our investor a solid return where our investor would be okay with that, right? If we can build, then the numbers look really juicy, right? So I think that's important to recognize is, is you know, if, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, hey, this sounds like a great opportunity, I want to find these things, you know, really make sure that you're you're assessing different scenarios and look at your look at your worst case scenario you know, and see what kind of returns and, and how much income you're, you're making in that worst case scenario. So I, th- I think yeah. that's important to do. Yeah, it's super important, right? Because like we knew, and th- that's the way that we structure our financing as well is, uh, you know, we structure our financing to be the best case scenario to help us through these challenges. Because realistically, we're getting into a business where you know, we're, we're taking it to the next level of development and design and creating a whole brand. And this is a, uh, we're just playing at a different level in our business, right? I've ran lots of short-term rentals, but on the management side, it's a bit different on how you can scale and how fast you can grow. If you need revenue, you need income, you need to hire somebody, just go out and get more management clients, Right. And it's like, it's actually a pretty easy process, but here it's like, it's going to take us two years to build what we want to build there. So then how do we start that process fast possible as we're building the brand of free wild? And then how do we keep our investors excited about our vision at the same time that we can then pay them back? at a level that they're excited about as well. So we're merging these two of like, okay, worst case scenario, if we can't build anything, what is the return? It's like, yeah, it's not exciting. We're not going to become millionaires off of this one property, but it cash flows. Our management company is making some cash on this. Our investors will get the minimum return, that preferred return that they're looking for. But best case scenario, we build an additional 10 to 15 units. And now this this property is looking extremely exciting yeah. and that's only going to attract in everybody else so now we're we're building this based on forecasts right and th- this is what it's going to look like it's going to take a long time longer than what we want to get this thing built but in the meantime we're also going to go out and try to find another property 
in the general area of where we're at now that has existing and everybody knows this stuff, right? Like you can go to a secondary vacation rental market, specifically in the woods. Like if you think of that and you think of cabins, you think of like an old campground that has cabins and land and like a lake and whatever else, that's what we're going to be buying. And there's millions of those throughout this country. They're everywhere. And most of them are freaking ran down. Most of them haven't been updated in years. They're focused on the old school vacation rental traveler. We buy those things and we turn them into what we're doing with free with a free wild spin on it. The you know, like the whole experience for the guests are going to be incredible. But two, for the investors and for us is going to be, you know, to me, I think it's just the, the best model that we can go after. So that's what we're going to be doing. So, yeah, if anybody has any leads on those in uh, <laughs> Southern California or other cool states on the West Coast, please let us know. <laughs> yeah, 100%. And, you know, there's, there's one thing that makes me really, really excited about, about what we're doing, about building those extra units, but also buying more of these businesses. And that is just, uh, you were talking earlier about the, the barn versus, versus the den, right? So the den is our best performing unit right now, but it's tiny. It's a, yep. it's a tiny little studio, right? Our barn sleeps 12 people. Yeah. But people, people are paying about 50% of what people are paying for the barn for the den because people just love that experience. Right, so we're we're just seeing a lot of couples that want to. A lot of them want to celebrate their birthday. One of the, the oftentimes they're they're booking it as a surprise. We just got a review from somebody saying, um, "My husband said it was best birthday ever." Hmm. Right, and they were staying at the den. So that's a big takeaway for me. It's like okay, and we've always known this that you know the the amount of the amount you can charge on Airbnb is not like with long-term rentals and when you're purchasing something, it's not so much related to the space, the size of the space, just the square footage. It's really all about that experience, right? And we're really seeing that now because the barn is probably like five, six times the size of that little studio, right? So that makes me really excited because now I'm thinking like, okay, well, we can hone in really, really focus on that that avatar, right? The couples that want to go for a birthday, they want to disconnect, they want to go hiking. So we can build really small, but, but awesome little studios on that property. And that's that's going to perform really, really well. Yeah, it's exciting. That's exactly what we're going to do. And I think that's what the travelers want. What we have to predict part of our business model is will that trend continue by the time that we get these properties built? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So like, that's a, that's a big thing. And, you know, I believe it will, I don't have any concerns there, but as we're talking about it, it's, you know, part of our model is like looking at how long do we believe that this travel trend of city folk wanting to travel into the country to disconnect and reconnect with nature. Right. So I don't think that's going to go away anytime soon, but yeah, that's going to be the model is building these really cool tiny homes that will fit anywhere between two to four people. And then the bigger ones will fit six max, right? Like the, the cabin that we're talking about or the, the barn that we're talking about going from 12 down to eight. Like that's what we're going to be doing. We're removing a bedroom. We're expanding it. The, the footprint, that stuff. And we're focused on more of a connection versus trying to squeeze as many people in there as possible. So yeah, I'm excited about it, man. And I'm excited about trying to find our next, uh, our next project. 
within uh, the next six months. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, you know, after we go through this experience, I feel like now, because, you know, like two months ago when we took over this property, there was a lot of uncertainty, right? It's, it's like, okay, how, how's this going to go? How are the cleaners? You know, who are the people that are going to stay with us? Are we going to run into issues? Really? We haven't run into much, many issues at all. There was a couple of noise complaints, couple things, but not, not very much. We only had one four-star review out of like 25 or something. Yeah. Right. So, so yeah, now with, with this experience and it, it only took us like, we're two months in now and it's pretty much running as a machine already. You know, there's, there's a few things that we still have to dial in a little bit more, but, but it just shows me like, Hey, in, in two, in two months, we can take over an entire business and have it up yeah. and running. At, yeah. a, at a level that that that's like even slightly higher in performance than what what it used to be, right? So, and that's, I, that's exciting, man. Yeah, and I think we could. Uh, and I want to give everyone a a snapshot of this because you know we talked to a lot of hosts that join the the Legends X program with that vision of being able to to grow quickly, and you know we get in the spot where. We either believe that we need a massive team and all this massive stuff to do what we just did. And really, it was just the three of us, me, you, and Aaron, that that approached this process of looking at what is the most important thing that we have to do now? How do we prioritize this? How do we keep ourselves accountable to taking action? And then how do we take action on this fast possible? So we were able to take over a business with no major issues, increase the, the income on these properties all within two months while we're also running our other business. Our main focus right now, our number one focus is overnight success. and always has been. We are working on this after hours. We're working on this property after hours, which is, you know, it's funny that we were able to do that in that structure. But moving forward, it's like, that's the model, man. It's like, we're, we're going to build the team. We're going to get some funding uh, and we're going to actually fund it through this project as well. But we're going to hire two uh, specific roles within the company. First being a, what we're calling the project manager. And I think with project manager, head of operations and a customer service team, we can take over a business like this and get it up and running within 30 to 60 days. Yeah. And we could duplicate this all throughout the country, which I'm super excited about. So, you know, I think we're setting our goals a little bit too short in 2022 with uh, just buying one property. I think we could expand that quite a bit, but uh, we also have a lot more going on. So, yeah. But yeah. So I'm excited about it all, man. Awesome. Yeah. Now I'd say let's buy one every three months. I think that'd be hey. cool. <laughs> let's go. All right, man. Let's wrap this up. Uh, I know we both have uh, really busy schedules. Uh, it's Thanksgiving week, so we're trying to take a little bit of time off as well uh, uh, this week. But um, but yeah, super excited uh, about all of this. And uh, if you're listening to this uh, podcast now, um, you know, make sure to subscribe to our email list. Uh, just go to getpaidforyourpad.com where you can fill out your email. We'll send you a little uh, a little report with some uh, with some cool tips. And um, then you'll get our daily email because we're sending out daily updates every Monday to Friday, either myself or Eric. I just spoke to somebody who, who runs a business that's not even related to Airbnb. And uh, it was really funny because that person told me that he reads our emails every single day. 
because uh, it's uh, he says it's just really good advice for business and entrepreneurs in general. So oh, that's awesome. that was really cool. Yeah, that is awesome. And then uh, that other guy who runs a completely different business saying that he wants to go through Legends X. Oh, yeah. Because of the systems and the vision. and Yeah, that's uh, that's my yeah. buddy Josefa. Shout out to him, who uh, who I started a podcast with oh, yeah. seven years ago. So Yeah, of course. <laughs> awesome, uh, Eric. Hi, brother. Good to see you. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back on Monday with the next episode of Get Paid for Your Bed. Peace out, y'all. Get paid for your bed. Get paid for your pet. 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 If you have over 30 units, you have an annual revenue of over $2 million, or you operate boutique hotels, then the STR Legend Mastermind is for you. You are not alone. We have a group of over 30 high-level entrepreneurs in our mastermind, and we get together on a weekly basis to discuss our biggest challenges and to learn and to grow together. Go to strlegends.com to find out more information and apply for the Legends Mastermind if you think you are a good fit.